She was this gun-toting, whiskey-drinking broad. The super epic fucking broad. She was a pioneer in the industry. She's also so famous and so controversial. So controversial. So she's kind of a big fucking deal. Her story is so incredible. She belongs on this podcast because she's a broad you should know. Welcome to Broads You Should Know, the podcast about amazing and noteworthy women from history. I'm Sam Eggers. I'm Sarah Gorski. I am Chloe Skye. And you guys, I'm so excited today to talk to you about Sacagawea. Yes! <laughs> yes! I'm only laughing because I was trying to be very quiet. I was holding a clipboard and there was no place to set it down. Anyway. She's our first coin broad, right? Yes. Exactly. Oh, yeah. This yeah, is probably how most people coin. know her, yeah. I assume. She's on a dollar. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, is she the dollar? The golden yes. dollar. Oh, that's right. She is. Mm-hmm. She is the dollar. She's the change you get back on some of those weird vending machines when they spit yes. you back coins for a change. To, to be fair, how many coin broads are there? In, not in not the US, a lot. it's very low. That's true. There's we many more in the UK, which has mm-hmm. had many more queens. Mm-hmm. Right. But our wonderful Sacagawea, who I always thought it was pronounced Sacagawea, and then I realized that actually it's pronounced Sacagawea, the hard G sound. And also, I found an article that said historians think it could also be Sacagawea with a K. Hmm. So out of all of these, it seemed like Sacagawea was the most, uh, the one that was really everywhere. So that's, we're going to go with a hard G. A hard G. Sacagawea. Learn something already. Exactly. So when you get that coin back from the machine, you can be like, oh, look, Sacagawea. Oh, look. (laughs) People people will be impressed. Or they'll just say you don't know how to pronounce (laughs) Sacagawea. (laughs) Why did you say (laughs) it like that? And then you can explain that on this podcast, you found Mm -hmm. out it's a hard G. Have you ever heard of Broads You Should Know? Anyway. Really, you should check it out. It's a great podcast. Yeah, I totally heard about it. Amazing Noteworthy Women from History. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I have nothing to do with it. I'm just asking. Just, just a big fan. Yeah. So I don't know about you guys, but I really didn't know much about Sacagawea. I only knew that I sort of, whenever I hear her name, I just think Lewis and Clark and then don't really know much else beyond that. I know. Um, and roughly in my mind, she translates to Pocahontas, like the Disney version, mm-hmm. but they're not the same. Yes. And I know Pocahontas is her own. Yes. She's so much, I feel, She's much earlier. And now that mm-hmm. I said that out loud, I feel really ashamed about it. Don't. So I sort of had to take my mind back to social studies class, you know, yes. like back in elementary school. And in some of the articles I read, they mentioned a lot of people think that she was a an Indian princess. So that might be why in your brain she's kind of linked with Pocahontas. So like, she's not an Indian princess. She was... N- not yeah. at all. Um, I think I just had her linked as a, a native badass. Important Native American yeah, badass woman. Was, yeah. Yeah. I think that's what, that was why I linked them, I think. So I'm going to give just a brief, like, reminder of Lewis and Clark and what was going on with them. Because I don't know about you guys, but I didn't really remember. Um, about Lewis and Clark? Yeah. I read their journals when I was in grade school. Oh, smell you. <laughs> so do you want to talk to us? <laughs> do you want to tell us they, they don't talk a lot about their journals? Of course they, they didn't. They mention a lot about shrubbery and like animals they saw. <laughs> There's a lot of like, the guys don't like us anymore. We want to keep traveling and they want to go home. <laughs> it's a lot of just like... We hate journeying and exploring. We miss being at home. <laughs> oh my god, it sounds like, like a fascinating read. Is it like read. hundreds and hundreds of pages of it's that? It's so fucking long. Why did you read it? Because <laughs> I it was because you wanted to be them. No, because my family went on a 
uh, an RV road trip where we drove west. Uh-huh. We, were from, we lived in Wisconsin. We start. We, we kind of followed a path that they did. My dad's like this big history person, and he was Ooh. like, "We gotta like hit some Lewis and Clark spots." And I was like, "I don't, <laughs> I don't know a lot about Lewis and Clark." Did and they so go to he, the Dells? Did so they go he, to the Dells? <laughs> well, we went to the Dells a lot, <laughs> just because we lived there. Um, but he bought me a their journals and he was like you can read them while we're driving it's something to do and so i did i was like what else am i gonna do and it was just a bunch of whining it was a lot of whining there was also some interesting stuff you know about like how they survived and they're all like fighting bears and they've never seen a bear before and so there's there's moments that are that are enjoyable they didn't have bears and weren't they french Uh, no no where are they they're not french Oh, no. you can tell us. Oh, well, I, I only know this because it's very important to our story. Okay. So I'm okay. going to hold that because we're going to get to that. Okay. Okay. Um, well, then, do you know uh, Lewis's first name? Merriweather. Yes. I found that fascinating. Merriweather. Merriweather Lewis. Yeah. No wonder he just goes by Lewis. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mer- it's a way cooler name. <laughs> I didn't know Merriweather was a man's name. I'm so interested in this name. I think I knew that. I think I've seen other people yeah. name that. No oh, offense to anybody named Merriweather out there, but right. it's just like, it's so interesting. Anyway. Well, that's what, um, you know, the Hobbits. Isn't oh, it? yeah, Mary. Mary and Mary adopted oh, Brandy right. Buck. You're right. But that is the first place my brain went to. Did you just pull out his full name? Mary adopted Brandy Buck. I'm a, look, I, I'm a nerd. What do you hey, want? I know. <laughs> I did know that. Why did I think? Mary adopted Brandy Because I think Buck. Merriweather sounds like a and Hobbit Peregrine name. Peregrine it does. Took. I always hear it in Gandalf's voice. Too, yeah. You must. You can only hear it in Gandalf's <laughs> right. voice. Okay, but anyway, coming back around, the whole point was that this was at the Louisiana Purchase. So for everyone remembering, the Louisiana Territory was not owned by America. This was all of present-day Arkansas, Oklahoma, Missouri, Kansas, Nebraska, Iowa, most of Colorado, South Dakota, Montana, and Wyoming, as well as significant parts of North Dakota, Minnesota, Texas, and Louisiana. It's huge. Mm -hmm. It's huge. And at the time... Uh, France owns it. It's like everything west of the Appalachians, right? Pretty much. And so um, at this point, Napoleon has uh, has come into power and Thomas Jefferson is president. He's getting a little bit nervous thinking we could l- perhaps lose access to uh, the port Louisiana and that and so he says we want to buy we want to buy it and for about 15 million dollars he gets about 828,000 square miles so like the country doubles in size so he says okay we need an expedition isn't it like like 10 cents an acre or something something crazy like that yeah and um of land they didn't even own right exactly (laughs) well we own this which probably segues back to your main character well um, the area has been almost completely unexplored by Americans. And so in December of 1803, France transfers authority of the region over to the United States. And the expedition must now begin because um, no, well, no white person has really explored this territory. So mm-hmm. the president needs them to go out and say, and they think that there is, they think that there is a, a, a connection between a waterway that will connect the West Coast to the East Coast. And so they're like, you got to go find that because that's what we need. Um, so that's what they think. That's what they think they're going to go get. Um, <laughs> All right. But I, I, I never realized how much foreign affairs played into Jefferson's decision to, to purchase that. Yeah. Interesting. That's all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, in... and it's kind of interesting because right beforehand, um, something I didn't remember at all was that I, actually Spain held the territory. 
But then Napoleon was like, I, I was pressuring uh, the king, who I, I can't remember which one it was at the time, to secede, to cede the territory to France. France has it. And a lot of people were like, why would France sell so much land? Mm-hmm. And they think there's a sort of a whole slew of reasons that would that would sort of all all play into it. Um, but worked out well for America, I It guess. makes me wonder how much of a hold they actually had on the land to start, you know. Yeah. Were they just kind of like selling like, land that they weren't even actually They occupying? couldn't even really get to it because america was in the way (laughs) yeah (laughs) what are you you doing with land in the middle of the continent i don't get it um so at this point the they also they weren't only exploring it they also wanted to learn about all the native american tribes that were there so they they know that there are native americans there but they don't know all the tribes they don't necessarily know how many i mean no one's ever done this before so it's lewis and clark are going to head it up no white person oh yes huge (laughs) qualifier there no white person has done this there's also like there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds it's not like it's not like there were three tribes no no yeah it's it's tons and, and tons of of, of yeah, tribes like and thousands of we just had you know we just had thanksgiving there was like this meme floating around mm-hmm. that's the map oh of, yeah find out where it's like where like oh. where you're from and what the indigenous tribe was oh, that was so originally cool. living there and it was so cool mm-hmm. and also so depressing, depressing. Horrific, horrifically sad yeah. oh. but um it like it's hundreds all these little smaller territories and sometimes mm-hmm. larger parts of larger nations but not and anyway it's cool crazy. it's worth looking up if you if you're curious the area you're from yeah. and who who were your indigenous folks originally neat well so now to Sacagawea we so we have the backstory this is sort of what we're, what we're dealing with so Sacagawea's story there isn't a ton that's known about her it's it's we're, we're, we're a little bit limited um, but in 1800 she's about 12 years old and Sacagawea is kidnapped by a war party of Hidatsa Indians so she is Shoshone and um, the Hidatsa Indians attack and they kidnap her along with other people and she's taken from her homeland which is in today's idaho uh to the hidatsa mandan villages and this is near north dakota Hmm. so um far yes and she's only 12 so you can imagine this is just horrible and devastating for her and you Um, said she wasn't royalty she just was mm -mm. a gal in the village yeah exactly and wow. so when she's in the Hidatsa Mandan villages, um, she is sold as a slave to this French Canadian fur trader. Sounds like a real prince. Um, yeah. His name is Toussaint Chabonneux. Uh, <laughs> Toussaint Chabonneux. I think I'm pretty sure that's how it's pronounced. That sounds accurate. That sounds very <laughs> it sounded French. really right, didn't it? Um, and so what's funny about this guy is that so I'm looking at many different resources and they're talking about this guy and some of them are like, oh, you know, he came and they beca- and they got married and he had multiple wives. Then there is like PBS website, which I felt like I trusted. And they were like, no, he like took her as they took, he like took her as a slave and then like called her his wife, quote unquote. Sure. So I'm, I'm like more, I'm sort of leaning towards that's probably what happened because mm-hmm. I doubt this, you know, young woman would have been like, ooh, that fur trader. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so. Your skin is so exotic. <laughs> Um, so, all right, so this is where we are. So she now is with the French Canadian fur trader and I came to understand that he is living right next to the the Indians or he's living amongst them. There was, I was unclear as to what was going on, but they're very, they're very, very close. And so at this time, Lewis and Clark and their expedition, and there's like 33 uh, men on this, in this group, Mm -hmm. um, they've reached the Hidatsa Mandan settlement. 
And at this point, so when they get there, this is now, uh, it's now 1804. So this would make Sacagawea probably like 16 or 17, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, And when they get there, she's six months pregnant, okay? So just keep that in your brain. With the Frenchman's? Yes. Love child? Yes, exactly. And so when they show up there, they realize, so there's a bunch of these white dudes who need to go through Indian territory and they don't, no, no one speaks a Native American language, right? Mm. So they realize, okay, they need her because not only does she speak the language of her people, the Shoshone, but also the language of the Hidatsa Indians. So they really, really need her. However, she doesn't speak English, but she speaks French, right? Because uh-huh. of her fur trader husband slash guy that kidnapped her or bought her or whatever. Now, he doesn't speak English either, but he speaks French. So Lewis and Clark don't speak French. But they brought a guy that speaks French. So I just oh want you to God. think about she, the that, layers. That guy is suddenly like, the most important guy on the, on the mission. Lewis and Clark <laughs> seem like vastly like underqualified to undertake this task. They were pretty unprepared for they had no idea what was out there. Like, when I heard about like the game of telephone that would have to be played every time they encountered a native like Native American people, it is hilarious to me. So they have to speak to her. She then translates into French to her husband. He then has to speak in French to the, the other guy, the guy, who then tells it to Lewis and Clark Lewis in and English. Clark. Yes, and so I guess the because also the guy uh, Sakagawea, I think, doesn't speak like fluent French. I think it's like you know Broken. she can do a little right. bit, but he speaks. So they need um, the, the husband Hidatsa. to understand. Yes, yeah, so he's there because he speaks the Hadatsa. So, so this, like, massive game of telephone. Anyway. Oh, my god. So that's the number one reason they need her. And the number other reason they need her is that they believe that having a young woman who is going to have a baby with her, because, remember, she's pregnant, um, that she will communicate to the tribes they encounter that, they're, that they are peaceful. Hmm. Now, so most of these tribes... That's a lot of pressure. Right? <laughs> these these, these tribes who, who kidnap and sell young women. Yeah, definitely. That's like a yeah. solid right? A-plus plan. And the fact that you think like <laughs> most of these tribes have never seen white men. And so they're sort of just hoping that they're going to like push her and to the front. they're going to trust somebody who doesn't, like... can't speak to the white men. Exactly. They don't understand each other. But she's here to say that they're not going to hurt us. Exactly. How well do you really know these men? <laughs> So, is there any record of like whether or not she was like pleased with these developments? No, and that's the thing. I would have loved to have known her opinion on this, but of course, there's there isn't anything I could find. If there is something out there, I couldn't find anything. Um, they must but, have been paying the fur trader. Like they must have been like, well, yeah, we'll get to that. Them. The fur trader is compensated, and of so she is. <laughs> sure, and he, and he owns her, so yeah. Ugh. So anyway, so they take off on their journey. And one of the big things, too, is that they need to purchase horses along the way. But they can't get horses unless they can get them from Native American people. So she has to facilitate the purchase of those horses. Mm -hmm. And you'd think, like, oh, why didn't they just bring horses with them? Well, that's because um, they'd be traveling by water until they reach the edge of the Rockies. So they can't bring the horses with them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so at this point, Sakagawea now, this is a couple months later, and she has an infant. His name is Jean-Baptiste. Of course it is. <laughs> yeah. Part of me really wanted you to say Jean-Luc Picard. So you just imagine this young girl. She's in her late teens. She has a, like, two-month-old baby, and she's about to go on this huge journey into the wilderness with a bunch of strange dudes and she's pretty much going to be the sole point of communication. She already had it's the baby. Well, she had the baby when they were still 
Yeah, because they went there. They sort of camped out when they met her. She's six months at pregnant. At her house. Okay. At the, they camp out at the the settlement. And then they end up leaving after the baby's a couple months old. Okay. But baby has to go along. Well, at least, I guess, they didn't drag her along to give birth, like, right? in the wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> How magnanimous of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so she's the only woman on this trip, of course. Um, and so they talked about some of the things that she did. And they said her activities included digging for roots, collecting edible plants, and picking berries for food and medicine. Um, she also helped make clothes, of course. I mean, right. like, this well, is what we would expect. And so this is in 1805, and they, everything I read talked a lot about how they're on this boat, and the boat capsizes, and um, there's all their all their supplies and papers and everything, and apparently her French fur trader husband, like, panics, but she <laughs> remains calm, and she, like, goes in the water and gets everything, and everyone is sort of awed by her that she's able to remain calm and that she didn't freak <laughs> she out. she doesn't lose her mind yeah, exactly. when something that, like, goes wrong. The hysterics didn't take, her Her feminine mind didn't take over <laughs> and, and, uh, and and ruin everything. That but, reminds me of that scene in Love, actually. Remember when the papers fly out and the mm. and the woman who's like the housekeeper like just like jumps oh, in jumps and just starts like grabbing them? I love that that's what you thought of. I love that movie. I know. I, that's probably pretty controversial. Most people hate that movie now. It's popular to hate that movie. Is it? I mean, I still love it, but I did just watch it the other day, and I'm like, a lot of these storylines are pretty problematic. Of course oh. they are. I mean, but I put it in my, like, trashy Christmas movie category. Yeah, it just is another one. See, I hate to break it yeah. to you, but, like, a lot of rom-coms are oh, yeah. pretty... The whole genre is, like... <laughs> is really let's, troublesome. Let's buy in 100% on this idea that men are supposed to own women mm-hmm. and then just go from there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Any, yeah, sorry, not to get on she a high impressed No, I was just you were making me think about if someone made a rom-com about Sakagawea and how that would play out. Um, <laughs> it would neither be romantic nor comedic. No. They'd probably really redo those storylines. I think so. The... They'd really play up her her coming around and eventually really being happy with all of these men that she was sold to. All right, yeah, yeah. and loving her husband. Oh, I think uh, she'd love him so much. Toussaint. All right. So um, something kind of cool that happened. So they, they, this is a this is a month months and months of this journey, right? This is a huge huge thing. Um, and in August. They're crossing the Continental Divide at today's Lemhi Pass. No idea where that is, but I'm sure someone listening does. Um, and they s- encounter a group of Shoshones. Remember, that's her original mm-hmm. tribe. Mm-hmm. And ends up being her tribe and their leader, Chief Kameawait. I'm so saying that wrong, but that's what it sound- looks like. It's how it's supposed to be pronounced. It turns out to be her brother. So she hasn't Dude, seen her, her brother's brother. a chief now. And he's the chief. She hasn't seen him oh. in years. And so... She's like... Kill them all. <laughs> I'm being held hostage, please. <laughs> they made me have a white oh, baby please. and made it Jean-Baptiste. Jean-Baptiste. It didn't even get to earn its name. Oh my God. And she's the only one who speaks Shoshone, so she can say like, whatever yes. she wants around the campfire. Yeah. Um, really speaks volumes about like how good of a person she was that she didn't just betray everyone. Right? Yeah. It's... She's she seems like she's kind of amazing, and um, they end up buying, getting all the horses that they need from her brother's tribe. She keeps on traveling westward, but apparently uh, Clark noted this in his uh, journals, October nineteenth, eighteen o five. You may remember this I remember entry, that one, Justin. Yeah, vividly. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, the Indians were inclined to believe that the whites were friendly when they saw Sacagawea because a war party never traveled with a woman, so. They really, really valued that they had her. She was sort of like their um, their white flag. You know, they could so, wave. Wow. The white guys were right. Huh. They got lucky. They got... <laughs> yeah. 
Wow. Um, so she was, a lot of people think that she was sort of navigating the whole trip and guiding them. And this, it doesn't seem like that's not really what happened. She certainly knew the terrain better and she mm-hmm. was able to um, sort of help uh, steer them in certain places. But it's not like she sat down and said, this is exactly where we're going. But um, she was definitely invaluable to them uh, throughout throughout the in, the entire thing. So when they get to the Pacific, she returns with her husband and uh, and the rest of the group um, they go back to the, where they all started the Hidatsa Mandan settlement. And this is August 14th, 1806. And so for his service, our, her husband, Toussaint Charbonneau, receives 320 acres of land and $500.33. Sakagawea wow. received He's... no compensation. Of course. Rude. And so six years after the expedition, we jump forward. Mm. Sakagawea gives birth to a daughter, uh, Lisette. And then um, on December 22nd, 1812, a Shoshone woman dies at age 25 due to a serious illness. They don't really know what it is. Um, and they believe this is Sakagawea who died at 25. And at the time of her death, she was with her husband at Fort Manuel. It's a Missouri Fur Company trading 25? post. Oh. And um, now this is what's really weird. So eight months after she dies, Clark of Meriwether Lewis and Clark mm-hmm. um, legally adopts Sacagawea's two kids, Jean-Baptiste and Lisette, which is just so interesting to me because why wouldn't the husband keep the kids? Right. Because he's a D-bag. Definitely. So I'll take my money. Yeah. <laughs> this was a worthy trade. It's so strange. And then on top of that, <laughs> this is my favorite sentence I've read in all of my research of her. It says, Baptiste was educated by Clark in St. Louis. So Clark educated him. And then at age 18, was sent to Europe with a German prince. No idea what that means. Couldn't really find much more about the kids. It seemed like some people said that uh, our French friend and uh, Sakagawea like tried to live in St. Louis and they were going to farm and in, with the exchange that they would be there while their son was being educated. But then they went back. But then the son was sent to Europe. So oh, I don't know what's going on with this strange German prince who's taking Sakagawea's kids somewhere. Right. <laughs> it's very, very wow. odd. So her husband was alive, but took no responsibility for the kids. Yeah, uh, for some reason, or or left the, or left them. I, no idea. That's I wonder if he strange? thought of a kid as like the way that like slave owners thought of illegitimate children that their slaves had. Maybe. Hmm. Yeah, well, because then it's like, well, it's not my kid. It's mm-hmm. half you, and you're barely a person, you know? Well, and also, Sak- I don't know if I mentioned this. Sakagawea wasn't his only wife. He had. Oh, he had no. didn't all- mention that. Oh, 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 I didn't mention that? No. Oh, huge no. plot point. Oh, well, there we go. Let me drop this in How at the end. How many wives did he have? <laughs> I don't know, but he definitely had another Shoshone woman as well, was also his wife. So maybe. Slash he- slave. Slash slave, yes, he-, he got her too. So it could have been maybe he had other kids. So he just cashed in. He was just like, Pretty I'll sell much. you this family. I have another one. And now I have Man. 500 acres and some money. Or did the other wife go with him too? No, I think she stayed behind. But she then, didn't speak anything. She, they're like, <laughs> we only need one interpreter, so sorry. Um, now, what's interesting then is that they were saying that actually during most of the 20th century, several generations of Americans have believed a theory that originated in 1907 by Dr. Grace Raymond Hayward, un- librarian, University of Wyoming. That's her full title. She thought that there was a woman who lived to be 100 on the Wind River Indian Reservation she said that this woman was Sacagawea. And this woman died in 1884 and wrote a book about it. And a lot of people said, oh, this is Sacagawea. She actually lived to be 100 and that's her. But it doesn't seem like 
that's actually, and like a lot of people have seemed to believe that's her. But when I was looking at my research, it made it seem like, no, that isn't her. That woman was, this is some sort of hoax. Or like, that wasn't her. Sacagawea died when she was 25. So interesting. So that's the interesting about Sacagawea. There's so much that's not known and so much that historians disagree on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think everything they do agree on is that she was this young woman who was really brave and... Important and invaluable to the mission. Invaluable, exactly. I didn't realize she was like a full-on slave, though. That part really makes me sad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she had a yeah, definitely a pretty uh, traumatic childhood. Yeah, well, and adult and adulthood as well. Yeah, can't be great being like an object. No. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, that's Sakagawea. She's amazing. I'm glad I got to tell you guys about her today. So thanks everyone for listening. And if you want to support the show, please leave us an iTunes review or tell a friend about the show. Um, you can always reach out to us on Instagram at broads. You should know, or you can email us at broads. You should know at gmail.com. And we're going to be back next week to tell you about another broad. You should know. And if you want to know more details, about anyone that we've talked about, you can go to our website, which is broads. You should know.com and check out some more information there. See you later. Bye. Bye. And so the, the the point is is that now Lewis and Clark they need an expedition. The president I can't speak. Quitting. Quitting speaking. Edit this out. Okay. And really edit this out. Don't will, just say you're gonna no, edit it out and I then will, not edit it out. <laughs> the more you talk about it, the more I want to leave it in. <laughs> God. We'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, let me, let's see. I lost my place. The president. Thank you. Thomas Jefferson. Okay.